a participation trophy for Joe Manchin. Hi, I'm Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement, published on December 4th, 2023. This is episode number 227. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Joe Manchin announced that he's not running for re-election as West Virginia's senior U.S. Senator. And it's reported he's considering an independent run for the White House affiliated with the independent No Labels group. No Labels is a political organization created to offer a unity ticket as an alternative to the widely unpopular Biden-Trump rematch. So, naturally, we want to know what is his take on term limits. As a unity candidate, he could hardly oppose a reform supported by 87% of America, according to a new Pew poll. Now, while always high, 87% is the highest poll number on record in a national poll. We've seen higher in regionals. Anyway, so he does not oppose the idea, at least not anymore. Here's how Senator Manchin put it on Watchdog Radio in Wheeling, West Virginia, last week. Quote, We have nobody demanding any type of accountability from the people that have been serving us, and I've come to the conclusion, I believe in term limits. Nice start. But, he continues, Quote, I've never been a big supporter of term limits because I thought there's so many good people with so much experience to really be helpful. But I don't know if that's the fact anymore. So I've said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had one 18-year term for the Supreme Court? One 18-year term, that's it. Maybe one six-year term for the president so you don't have to worry about re-election. Don't worry about getting re-elected. Just get in there and do the right thing. All right. Manchin also said that he envisions a limit of two six-year terms for the Senate and two six-year terms for the House. Hmm. He continues, quote, That would be more than enough. How are you going to change the root problem if you've got out of 435 congressional districts, 390 that are not competitive? Good question. Okay. Senator Manchin recognizes America wants term limits. He seems to recognize the problem. And he says he's open to weak term limits on Congress, even though he's never supported them before now. Okay, well, you can decide whether Senator Manchin here deserves a full thumbs up, an honorable mention, or a participation trophy. Now, in contrast, Governor Ron DeSantis has tweeted a video on X last week that doesn't leave anyone guessing. Well, hey, everyone. One of the things we need in this country is term limits for members of Congress. It's a good policy. We have people like Pelosi that have been there for decade after decade. Uh, They're more interested in advancing themselves than they are delivering results for you. So we need term limits. Problem is Congress is never gonna enact this. As president, I'll lead the efforts to bring about term limits through the states. Florida has already certified it. Many other states have certified it. We have the ability to do this because I don't care if you're Republican, independent, Democrat, male, female, black, white, Everyone believes we need term limits for members of Congress. If we do that, it changes the incentives in Washington. They're not going to be there for 40 years. They have a limited amount of time, three terms in the House, two terms in the Senate, to actually get things done uh, and leave a legacy. We have it in Florida. It's worked very well. We need it in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be a president that has a plan to bring this about. We're going to work with these states to be able to get it done. Holy moly. DeSantis checks all the boxes here, a promise to actively push the Terminus Convention and 
specifically advocating three terms in the House and two in the Senate, which are the terms of the U.S. Term Limits Amendment, which, you may recall, DeSantis was the chief sponsor of when he served in the U.S. House of Representatives before his governorship. So I hope I'm not being too unfairly dismissive of Senator Manchin. You know, we welcome nominal support of term limits, particularly in a political environment where so many politicians are actively working to thwart the will of 87% of Americans to feather their own nests. Holly Robichaud reports on one of these politicians in the latest episode of Breaking News on Term Limits, of which we'll play some highlights here. Holly also tackles other current term limits news. Take it away, Holly. We have big news today. Republican presidential candidate and North Dakota governor Doug Burgum has signed the U.S. term limits presidential pledge. He joins Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former United Nations ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and tech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy in doing so. Hi, I'm Holly Robichaud, and this is Breaking News on Term Limits. Congressional term limits is a top issue in the presidential nominating races, with several candidates emphasizing the need for congressional term limits. U.S. term limits is urging all presidential candidates, regardless of political affiliation, to sign the pledge. With presidential candidates discussing the need for national unity, supporting congressional term limits is one issue that can unite everyone. This is born out of the polling that shows that 87%, 87% of Americans of all political persuasions support congressional term limits. We'll be updating you as more presidential candidates sign our pledge. As mentioned, at the top of the show, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum became the last presidential candidate to sign the U.S. term limits presidential pledge. By signing the pledge, the presidential candidates are promising that as president of the United States, that they will champion congressional passage and state ratification of an amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would set a two-term limit on service in the Senate and a three-term limit on service in the House of Representatives. While the president has no official role in the process of passing a constitutional amendment for term limits, he he or she can use great influence of the office to help get the amendment passed. While many candidates are signing on to endorse term limits, there's one incumbent in Congress who refuses to sign, Representative Ken Calvert of California. That's why U.S. term limits is calling him out with billboards along I-10 for refusing to sign the U.S. term limits pledge. The billboards are near the cities of Riverside and Palm Springs in his district. We hope Representative Calvert has a change of heart and decides to sign our pledge and co-sponsor House Joint Resolution 11 in the House. We've had 29 state legislative candidates who signed the U.S. term limits pledge be elected to office just this month. Many of these candidates are seeing the popularity with voters in supporting term limits. This past week, we saw 26 2024 legislative candidates sign our pledge. We expect that that number will continue to grow as we approach the 2024 elections. 
Did you know that U.S. Term Limits is headquartered in Orlando, Florida? And while Florida was the first state to pass our Term Limits on Congress resolution, it's often referred among the staffers as the Term Limits State. Florida has term limits on its governor, state legislature, and recently passed term limits on school board members. Now lawmakers have filed the resolution to term limit county commissioners. Florida State Senator Blaise Ingolay filed Senate Bill 438 and State Representative Michelle Saltzman filed House Bill 57 for term limits on county commissioners throughout the Sunshine State. U.S. term limits will be ushering through this bill and providing testimony in favor of its passage. There are too many career politicians in the county offices who have served 20 or more years. We'll keep you posted on these pieces of legislation. In Tennessee, we're gearing up to pass our resolution in the state Senate this legislative session. As you know, we've already passed it in the state House this year, but we need to pass it in the state Senate to make it a reality. That's why our field team is canvassing in neighborhoods with door hangers, letting residents from Knoxville to Chattanooga know that their state representatives were supportive and helped us pass our resolution in the volunteer state. We're serious about our education program, and we even even go door to door to let everyone know when their lawmakers are champions of term limits. Now it's time for the Corrupt Politician of the Week, and this week we've got a doozy. Our Corrupt Politician is Oregon's Representative Earl Blumenair. Representative Blumenair has been in the United States House since 1996. Prior to that, he served in elective office in Oregon since 1973 until his election to the House. That's a long time. As you can imagine, he is no fan of term limits. The New York Times recently reported a serious conflict of interest and potential insider trading by Representative Blumenair and his wife. His wife bought or sold stocks in bonds in CVS Health and United Health Group. These two companies offer Medicare Advantage programs, and guess who serves on the House Committee and Subcommittee overseeing these programs? You guessed it, Representative Blumenair. But beyond that, he purchased stock in a number of defense contract firms the day before Russia invaded Ukraine. His response to the Times when questioned about it, it's all a simple misunderstanding and miscommunication with his stockbroker, and it was never meant to be insider trading on his knowledge. Hmm. Are you sick of the corruption and in insider trading like I am? I've had enough. That's why we've got to get congressional term limits passed. We can make it a reality, but we need your help. Please go to termlimits.org and get involved today. And be sure to share this program with your family and friends every week. This is Holly Robichaud for Breaking News on Term Limits. I'll see you next week. You can subscribe to Holly's Breaking News on Term Limits at youtube.com slash U.S. Term Limits. Now in that clip, Holly mentions the U.S. Term Limits billboard campaign in Southern California educating voters about Representative Ken Calvert. You might think that we're a bunch of blue meanies, and yes, we can be. But we also go out of our way to praise politicians who do the right thing. U.S. Term Limits is congratulating Representative-elect Gabe Amo, on his victory in Rhode Island's 1st Congressional District and thanking him for signing the U.S. Tournament's pledge with billboards in his Congressional District. The newly elected Democratic congressman 
proudly signed the pledge during his campaign and has stated strong support for congressional term limits. You can check out the billboards at uh, Route 146 at 400 Charles Street in Providence and at 206 Pine Street east of Main Street in Pawtucket. See, we can also be a bunch of sweeties. Of course, the billboards are not only a thank you, but also a reminder to a new Congress member and his constituents about the pledge. Congress being a hectic place, uh, we don't want Representative Amo to get preoccupied and forget his voters back in Rhode Island. Because, you know, every once in a while, some scofflaw in Congress will sign the pledge, brag about it on the campaign trail, and then refuse to honor it. Case in point, Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez. Representative Gonzalez signed the pledge as a candidate. Remember, this is the signed pledge to co-sponsor and vote for the U.S. Tournament's Amendment of three terms in the House and two in the Senate and no longer limit. Well, now in office, he refuses to co-sponsor, as he promised. So, yes, we put up billboards, um, this time in English and in Spanish, in four locations in the 23rd Congressional District of Texas. You can check them out on I-20 between Pecos and Hermosa, on I-10 in Fort Stockton, in Monahans on I-20, and in Pecos. This is a public service announcement. Author and pundit John Fund of The Spectator appeared on the Sean Spicer show on Newsmax the day after Thanksgiving, and he defended term limits against the show's host who was a former press secretary under President Trump, and also former Congress member Doug Collins of Colorado. Also, in our corner, was U.S. Tournament's North Carolina State Chair, Lee Brown, who is running for Congress in North Carolina. Their message? The seniority system has got to go, and tournaments are the way to achieve that. What you're referring to is the seniority system, which unfortunately too often in Washington becomes the senility system. <laughs> Uh, I refer you to the late Senator Dianne Feinstein, for example, who just left us in a rather sad state uh, in her final years. Look, uh, Sean, you began this program by saying you wanted to emphasize Congress as the debate topic over term limits. What Congressman Collins, whom I respect, brought up is the state legislatures. Yeah. Look, we had an election a year ago. 97% of House members who were incumbents won. Not a single incumbent U.S. senator lost. So regardless of what you think is the length of time that members are serving now, they almost cannot be defeated. Incumbents have enormous advantages. And I don't think that's what the Founding Fathers envisioned. I don't think it's what the voters want, because over 80% of them say that there should be term limits. As for staff and bureaucrats and other power players like lobbyists, private surveys have shown when people are asked what their real opinion is, staffers don't like term limits, lobbyists don't like term limits, bureaucrats don't like term limits because it's the younger, newer members, like when Congressman Collins came in in 2013, that have the fresh ideas, that have the vigor, where they want to shake things up. It's the older members who stay 30, 40, 50 years who basically end up being controlled by their staff, controlled by the lobbyists, controlled by the bureaucracy. Well, it is, but that's evidence that the system as it's working right now is flawed. It should not take somebody eight years to be effective in serving their constituent basis. So if you start realizing that if term limits are in place and there's more of a level playing field when it comes to tenure, 
it should make that eight-year member more effective more quickly just because there's a different playing field. Right now, they can't compete because all of the senior positions are taken up by those who have that extremely long tenure. Next, let's talk a little bit about polling. You know, polls are just a snapshot that captures the way the public feels at any given moment. And tomorrow, as the winds change, polls can have a totally different result. So generally, one is wise, particularly in politics, not to read too much into much of the polling that you hear and and read about. This is considered sage advice, and I agree with it. However, this isn't the whole story. What if a series of these snapshots over time are consistent when they show an unwavering public position that exists over decades in good time and in bad amongst all parties and all other demographics? Well, this is why polling is so important to us um, who are active in the tournaments movement. The Pew poll I keep mentioning in these podcasts recently is a standout because it's at 87%. But polling is routinely above 80% and has always been a solid majority of Americans of all parties since polling started on this issue more than 50 years ago. Polling on tournaments helps us make our case quite powerfully because they are not just recording a momentary fad or a public whim. Anyway, we've been looking at polls recently that apply this deep love of tournaments in our culture to more temporal political issues, and we are fascinated by some of the results. Check this out. According to a new poll conducted by RMG Research, Congressman David Trone leads Prince George's County Executive Angela also Brooks by 20 points, 45 to 25, in the upcoming Democratic primary for the U.S. Senate. All right. The poll also found that if Trone were to sign the U.S. tournaments pledge in support of congressional tournaments, his lead over also Brooks would expand to 42 points, 59 to 17. From 45 to 25 to 59 to 17. That's pretty powerful. This statewide poll was conducted in November and found also that 82% of likely Democratic primary voters in Maryland support tournaments for Congress. No surprise there. Interestingly, Trone has previously expressed support for tournaments. Also, Brooks has not commented on it, and neither candidate has yet signed the U.S. Tournaments Pledge. Well, there's still time. All of our pledges are posted at tournaments.com slash pledge. If you know a candidate who would like to sign a pledge, please go to the website, print it out, have them sign it, and send it in. Anyway, here's another example. A new poll suggests that one of the longest tenured politicians in Florida history is in jeopardy of losing his congressional seat over his opposition to term limits. Congressman Daniel Webster, who got his first elected job in 1980 and has held various elected positions for 41 years, is only six points ahead of GOP primary challenger Anthony Sabatini, 35 to 29 right now, according to a new poll conducted by RMG Research for U.S. tournaments. The same poll showed that a whopping 92% of GOP voters in District 11 favor term limits on Congress. 92%. After the poll respondents learned that Sabatini has signed the U.S. term limits pledge and favors term limits, while Webster is opposed and has not, 
Sabatini opens up a 37-point lead over Webster, 55-18. to 18. That's pretty dramatic. And this is a serious poll. These both are serious polls. Both were conducted by RMG Research, which is owned and operated by Scott Rasmussen, the founder of Rasmussen Reports and co-founder of ESPN. So keep an eye on these races, and please let us know if uh, turn limits have erupted as an issue in a campaign near you. As a no uncertain terms listener, you are at the inner circle of the tournaments movement, and we depend on you. You are our eyes and ears. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The Turn Limits Convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the Turn Limits movement. To check on the status of the Turn Limits Convention resolution in your state, go to turnlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution, or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimits.com slash donate. termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Find us on most social media at U.S. Term Limits. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and now LinkedIn. STL. Yeah.